0: Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured
1: cowboys instead
0: of lawyers.
2: Howdy again for another edition of Emil Franzing's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander with Bunker to France. (laughs) Uh, Yes, it is Turkey Day. Well, the day after, a couple days after Turkey, Uh, and that's what we're going to be talking about. Are some. Turkey hangovers. Turkey hangovers. (laughs) Western turkeys. Yes. And uh,
1: And just in case you don't know what a western turkey is, that's generally a feature that has failed uh, to be successful. Uh, But they have played a prominent role in film's history. A turkey is often more fun to talk about than a hit. The worst turkey is quite often brings out the best in a critic. And... I think that sums
2: it up. Yes, it does. Todd Roberts is missing in action, probably uh, passed out from Turkey, overindulgent. Either either that or he's out uh, prospecting up at uh, Todd Bracken's mine. He's the high grade. Who knows? Check his pockets. (laughs) Who knows? Anyway, it's the two of us. It's our Movie Saturday program. We are streaming live to you from the beautiful White Stallion Ranch just north of Tucson and some housekeeping stuff. That's right. And speaking of the White Stallion... You, get, you really
1: get the holiday feeling out here. This place is just, it's amazing. Anyhow, we've got an upcoming event here. It's an American Indian event, in fact. It's Native American Month Social and Indian Craft Market, and it'll be the November 25 and 26 and 27, and it'll be out at 4500 North Oracle Road. That's here in Tucson. And uh, for information, you can go to www.usindianinfo.com, or you can call 520 204 And this is some of what you might expect. Or not guaranteed everybody will be there, but these are some of the ones that generally are. American Indian CDs, Anthony Antone T.O. Baskets, Buffalo Hides and Skulls, California White uh, white uh, wild white sage.
2: Say that three times quickly.
1: California wild white sage. California wild white sage. <laughs> California wild white sage. You got it. Hey, sage. It's, the stage is leaving. Uh, 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 there's also be uh, <laughs> uh, Charlotte's cut beads, rare 13 degree, 16 degree, and 18 degree. I have no idea what that means. Probably beads, bean size. Bead size. I can't even talk. <laughs> It's, it's turkey, it's all uh, uh David Jim Cuffton Navajo Silversmith, Don Ward Stone Artifacts, Indian Chamber of Commerce, Indian Info and Trade Center, Native American Co-op, 60-plus tribal nations are members. Native American quality display cases, Native American events from Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, Utah, and Nevada. That's a lot of tribes. Shoshone cut beadwork, turquoise stones, forty-plus year collection, Zuni fetishes. If you can't find anything in that bunch, you you're out. You're in the wrong place. Sounds like some great uh,
2: Christmas time shopping yeah, it there. Does. too. Yeah.
1: And it, it's, you know, it's always interesting because it's it's sad because some years you go there and and the folks don't go out, but I think being on Oracle, I'm hoping that they're down by, they used to be out at the racetrack, mm-hmm. and they had the big powwow, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then they had the Christmas uh, New Year's Eve powwow, mm-hmm. and that was awesome, because they went all night, you know, and they got the colors and cool dancing and all the, oh, the singing, wow. All and right. yeah, that's it.
2: Okay. Alright, uh, it is our Movie Saturday program. We uh, talk about <clears throat> movies, uh, on this specific Saturday, frequently we talk about movies anyway, all the time. But yeah, um, we love movies. <clears throat> we love our western movies, and we also love to hate some western movies. I hate um, to love and love to hate. There you go. It's just one of those kinds of relationships. Um, today it's going to be westerns that uh, are turkeys, and as Bunker stated, the turkey probably didn't do well in the uh, in the, at the box office. Uh, the critics probably didn't like it. Usually, though, if the critic doesn't like a film, that means it's pretty, pretty You'll good. you see it right yeah. away before it leaves the theater. But Maybe. sometimes they're they're spot on with their critiques. And uh, speaking of critiques, you got if, one. if you want to uh, find out more and uh, uh, critique me, I do a uh, column in our newsletter, Bees to See. Yes. We do that every, every week, and uh, that newsletter comes out on Fridays, and uh, you can get yours by uh, going to our website, VoicesOfTheWest.net, and uh, if it's your first time visitor, you'll see uh, <clears throat> you'll see a pop up there that comes up and says "Rider coming," and that's our own Bunker to France in that still frame there. Eehaw. Yep, er, and um, just sign up for it. And if it's not there, well, send me your email uh, to voicesofthewest at gmail.com, and I'll pop you on the list, and uh, we'll go there. Also, well, we are running our uh, listener contest. As it's not necessarily a contest, but a listener participation—friendly competition. Friendly competition. Yeah, listener participation for best westerns. And uh, starting next week, uh, December third, we'll have our first contestant on to the talk first about third. for yeah to uh, uh, talk about his uh, favorite westerns. And he's got more than five. Of course, we all have more than five, yeah, well, it's I hard to, to it's narrow hard, it down. It's hard to
1: break them down. I, that's <clears> why, <throat> why I don't like top tens. Yeah.
2: It's like, you know, just outstanding. I hear you. All right. Uh, you've got But – got to tell you, Bunker collects notes on three-by-five index cards. I see. Uh, About an inch and a quarter. Yeah, at least an inch and a quarter stack there. Yeah. Um, why don't you start since you've got the you got the bulk of them there?
1: Okay. Well, you know, you know, you were, you said something that made me think. You know, some films don't make it because uh, the timing is wrong. Right. Sometimes the critics bury it. Sometimes it's just really a bad movie or a bad choice or or just a bunch of incompetent people. Uh, Sometimes it just it just didn't make money.
2: I can think of an Alec Baldwin movie that was like that. Russ, yeah, no, that hasn't.
1: They're going to start shooting it again in January. Oh, he's
2: going to start shooting again. Yeah,
1: and, and <laughs> this is you know this shows you how bizarre our world is. The young it. lady who was the uh, cinematographer, in uh, and past passed, and passed because of it, a gun accident, uh, her husband filed suit against wrongful death against. Uh, uh, Baldwin. Baldwin, and now they've settled the suit, and he's the executive producer, and they're going on. I'm yeah. hoping that it's going to be like an homage to her, you know, and, you know, <clears> that's something because, you know, it's one of those things It's like, it's got a ton of curiosity. People are going to go in the first week at yeah, least. I
2: think that's what's going to happen, and then it's going to die off when they find out that it's a crap film. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't not. even come out yet, but I'm going to tell you it's probably a crap film. And the reason I think that, it's Alec Baldwin. Yeah. and just His his values are such that I don't think he can make that kind of a movie. Well,
1: you know, you, you, you hit a very interesting thing there, because uh, some movies, I think, uh, make it or fail because of the individual in it uh-huh. and how people react to them uh-huh. uh, and depending upon their popularity at the time uh, a, a perfect example of a film that failed and it's almost a western, it's called Rhinestone with Sylvester Stallone and Dolly Parton uh-huh. and uh, both of them said, you know, this, this film almost finished our careers yeah. And he, and it, but it, it was funny because Dolly said, you know it was a wonderful film to work on. We had fun. I loved working with Sylvester Stallone. He's 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 fun uh-huh. to work with, and that's what happens a lot of times. Is uh, sometimes they get there and the, the film becomes a party, and you know they're not serious. You know that's one thing you'd never find on a John Ford, and he had some films that were failures. Sure. but but the thing was they always the the, the atmosphere was always professional,
2: with a look out cuz there might be a weird bad joke. Well, it's not a uh, I mean this is your this is these people's job. Yeah. You know, it's not a supposed to be a party and it, it's great when workers you can get, a can get phone, yeah. yeah, it's work it's great when workers can get along with another with one another but that, you know, I guess we just see it more because of the movie aspect.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, because I spent 30 years in it and saw saw how, how dysfunctional the motion <laughs> picture industry is. And there's another thing, too, which is the studios sometimes play a major role in the success or failure of a film. They can get behind a film and they'll advertise it to the point that everybody in the country's got to go the first weekend. Yeah. The film is so bad nobody goes the second weekend but it made so much money the first film and it was made cheaply enough but when they make the yeah. big mega budget mm-hmm. thing, it's got to it's gotta make it the first week, second week on it, months down the road and that's it and, but the, and they do one of the films which is a classic which but was Ride to High Country Mm-hmm. The studio, when they had, when they looked at it, they thought, eh. and they released it on the as the second half of a double bill playing the night New York City theaters. Uh, a critic there saw it, you know, because that's how some critics are—they'll go see anything. Yeah, even, they'll hunt them down, and he went to see the the, the Chopsocky picture, but he walked out of there just totally blown away. Wrote it up, and. Fortunately, they also released it in Europe, and it was a hit in Europe. A lot of films that are failures in America are hits around the world. Sometimes some of our big big mega movies. Actually, it's the world box office that made them the, made them the mega thing, not the American. Go figure. From. Yeah. So what's your first movie there? Oh, well, I've got at the top of the inch and a quarter pile is The Alamo. Now, not the one with John uh, John Wayne or the one with Glenn Ford. This is the one in 2004. Uh, uh, Buena Vista, the director was John Lee Hancock. Also, he co wrote it. Uh, our guest that we had a few weeks back, uh, Al Fleming, was uh-huh. technical advisor on it uh-huh. until uh, Ron Howard, who was also, I think, uh, Producer maybe director on it walked off and he walked with him, but it was Billy Bob Thornton Dennis Quaid, uh, John uh, Jason Patrick, and the funny thing is this is a this is a classic example. This is considered a turkey. Well, it's got a good cast. Yeah, well, this is this is what they said about it. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. Uh, Accurate telling of story, human element captures defender's nobility and defeat. Well filmed, staged, and edited, battle scenes excellent. And you know, that was the thing. It, but it didn't. Nobody got behind it. It you know, and and maybe maybe it was overkill. They say, I've seen John Wayne's Alamo sixteen times on television. Mm-hmm. I don't seem to see another. Hmm. That happens too. There's so many.
2: Bizarre factors in these things. What do you got? Well, there's one that came out in 2021, and uh, uh, I, I, my wife and I watch them so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're up to f- over 500 now? Yeah, we're, o- we're over 500 on the uh, Westerns list. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's doing you know, three, four movies a night, Yeah, uh, uh, every Friday night or Saturday that's night. That's brand new, uh, contemporary. <clears throat> Bees and yep. silence. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. He is the man. I want to add
1: one more thing, going back to what you were saying about the newsletter. Yep. You gotta read it because I'll tell you what, he is one of the best writers out there <laughs> and doing a very concise, very accurate, and very enjoyable review
2: of a film. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um uh, give me ten bucks. Okay. Checks in the mail. <laughs> um, the, the movie I'm talking about here is uh, released 2021. It's called Catch the Bullet. Uh, it's uh, directed by uh, Michael Pfeiffer. Uh, Jerry Robbins is the writer. It stars Jay Pickett, Getlin Griffith, and Mason McNulty, among many others. N- not, uh, the only known actor known to me, anyway, uh, is Tom Skerritt, who has a bit part in it. Uh, and and it's not that. You know, I don't denigrate him. I don't denigrate the cast. It was just a terrible story. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't understand. You know, it's supposed to... It, here's the storyline. Britt Mac- Mac- McMaster's... Who's that? Oh, that's, uh, Todd. that's Todd calling, but of course I can't answer it right now, so... Uh, Britt McMaster is a U.S. marshal who rarely brings them back alive, returns home from the trail... To discover his 12 year old son Chad's been kidnapped by outlaws. Oh. Jed Blake and his gang. So they enlist the guide of uh, an Indian guide's help along with uh, a prejudiced deputy who doesn't trust the guide. So they set out into dangerous Sioux territory. And uh, so uh, Jed the, uh, uh, lectures the marshal about his uh, deadly ambush. He finds uh, the captive boy formidable and a slippery opponent. Several escape attempts that return vicious beatings for Chad and an unexpected tree branch thrust into Judd's eye. Ooh, I mean, really? Come on. That is smart. Furious with revenge and with the threat of the merciless Sioux warriors around the bend, <laughs> Judd's bloody injuries leave him a man crumbling on the brink of insanity as the search party moves deeper into the red desert. Tucker's racist views toward Brit's Indian friend is deeply (laughs) challenged when Chaska saves him from a close call with a Sioux warrior's knife. All right. Oh,
1: God. You know, you you hit on – again, you hit on something there. And I don't don't think it's me. It could be me. But uh, they're making – really making a ton of independent, low-budget Westerns. And uh, sadly, some of them are good – Like like our friend Travis Mills, he he does it and he does it so well that you think everybody could. But so many of these guys, their their ineptitude or lack of experience or just you know not being able to choose good talent hurts the films. And Harry's talking on the thing, so I'll talk about another film. Oh, here's a good one. Here's a good one. The Appaloosa. That was uh, 1966. Director was Sidney J. Fury, Marlon Brando, Anjanette Comer, John Saxon, Alex McToya, uh Frank Silvera. Great cast. They shot it out at Lakewood uh, Lake, uh, Lake L.A. out in California, up at St. George in Utah. And it's set in the 1870s, and uh, Brando has this Appaloosa horse that he is, he, he loves his horse. Mm-hmm almost in an unnatural way, I think. <laughs> Anyhow, he loves that horse, and this Mexican bandito, that's Saxon, steals the horse. Well, then the rest of the movie is, of course, going after the horse mm. and the different adventures and stuff. It's a beautiful movie, well shot, but uh, just to give you an idea, this is what happens. Neil Summers and I were up at Canam working on Duel at Diablo. We had a week off. So we knew they were shooting this down at St. George. That's not that far. We, we jaunted on over there to mm-hmm. the production office to see if they needed anybody dumb enough to fall off a horse. <laughs> and they said, oh, we need bunch of people, but we're not doing anything because Randall won't come out of his trailer. Oh, jeez. So, you know, that's that's what you're dealing with. And, of course, the movie did not do well. And I, I, I saw it a long time ago, and it, it seemed adequate, but it didn't seem special.
2: We're doing uh, uh, Western Turkeys or Turkey Westerns here on uh, Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Todd Roberts is joining us by phone. How it's you be, sir? Time.
1: I'm
0: well, sir. I'm well. And I, I apologize for being remiss and late. But then again, you know, I, I'm notorious for being late to anything and everything.
2: We thought that maybe, I'll probably be
0: late to my own funeral. Yeah, we Hope thought so.
2: we thought you went to Bracken's mine and uh, was doing or doing some prospecting I up there. Marguerite,
0: there. No, I no Noah dragged me into a bar and started pouring yeah. margaritas down my throat. Yeah, it's always a good excuse. Know, and, I, and I kept saying, <laughs> if you continue to do this, you know, I'm going to start to. Try to kiss you with my tongue, oh. and she'd be she, yeah. well. Yeah, and you know how that—you know what that leads to? Yeah, more margaritas. Yep,
2: yeah, oh so. all right. Yeah, okay, okay, so before we we hear from Todd, what his uh, turkey westerns are going to be, we're going to do our first commercial break here. Oh, able? Unab- yes, already. Uh, we're streaming live to you from the White Stallion Ranch, and we'll be right back after these important messages. <laughs> Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Watch Old West silent movies anytime
0: at voicesofthewest.net. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back
2: to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? You're to... I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best?
1: I'm always ready to back
2: up whatever I say. Here's how email us your picks for your top five westerns tell us why you think those five were the best cowboy movies you got any more you want to say on the subject each month we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the voices of the west program pretty simple right we want to hear from you. Well, we have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to best westerns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com.
0: I guess that's all we need to hear. You don't have to kill a fella every time you shoot a gun. I mean, shoot at, the, at a target. Got a gun, Al Tony? Yeah. You hear? Now, where'd you get that watch charm? Hey, if nurse not a while, it might grow up. Will it shoot? I know, I never tried it. This is the Voices of the West.
2: Hear my song as I ride along, I'm just a happy, rolling cowboy. Heard the dark clouds out of the sky, Back on Emil Francie's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander Bunker to France. happy <laughs> cowboy. Todd Roberts is in Los Angeles, someplace. Uh, he's by phone. I'm in Orange
1: time. County,
0: gentlemen. I'm down in Orange County.
2: Orange County? Um, okay. Uh, right, yeah, down Orange
0: in Orange County, and we were at uh, <coughs> a doll goes cantina, mm. and um, the tequila was flowing freely <laughs> uh, the last time it was flowing oh, it was freely. Yeah. There, well, it, it wasn't free. As oh. no law always says, you know, the first one's free, sucker. Yeah. yeah right. So, um, you know, um, but it was a. We had a nice time, and then okay. I looked down. I said, "You know, it's about time we <laughs> we pack it up." And I looked down at the watch, and it's three oh eight. And I said, "I said some things that probably." We're never set in that bar because it's a nice restaurant establishment. It's more like a bar for sailors. You would talk the way I was talking, uh-huh. and he looked at me and said, uh, "Why don't you pull it together, cowboy?" <laughs> and, you know,
2: so, Rico bar- so, cool saloon. So, or, so, so, senor, yes. uh, so, senor, since the tequila has been flowing, muy, muy, with uh, gusto. Uh, yeah. anyway, what's your uh, you got us? Uh, you got a a turkey western for us?
0: Well, you know, I come I come I come at this. Um, unfortunately, from more than one side, I come at it from the viewer's side, where you go and you watch it, and you go, "Boy, that's a that's a turkey. That was a real serious dog." Um, and then I also come at it from the respect of my dad, who was a film producer who, you know, said um, I made several motion pictures in my life. I never intended on any of them being uh, uh, not working or being a dog or a turkey, but some did. So, you know, I come at it with a little context, and my point being that, you know, yes, there are obvious dogs that we can all agree on. Uh, maybe you want to say the, the Sabata films, you know, with uh, one with Yule Brenner and or two with Ewell Renner, one with Eli Wallach, uh, uh, with Lee Van Cleef. But, um, and there are others, of course. Um, I, I don't know the name of it, but the one where the cowboys are roping the dinosaurs with their lariat.
1: Oh, I've got that here. <laughs> I've got that one. You know, That's that a one, good one. That
0: one might be it. But, you know, if you know the old saying about if you if you if you give it enough time, you'll always find somebody. You know, when I said to Charlton Heston how much I loved the film Will Penny and how it, you know had such an influence on me, and he looked at me stone cold sober, as dry as sand, and said, "Oh, you're the guy."
1: <laughs> That's a
0: classic. You know. Uh, that was you okay <laughs> so, um you know and i i you know it's funny when i in the old days when i used to go cowboy shooting religiously uh, every weekend almost there was a guy i'd shoot with occasionally by the name of uh cowboy name was bobo and he was a nice enough fella and you know we'd share you know jerky and cigars and talk a little bit and and, uh, one day he, we were talking, he, said, he heard me talking about film with some other shooters, and he came up to me after they had gone on their merry way, and he said, uh, you know, uh, I like them Western cowboy movies too. I said, you do? Really? Well, um, which, uh, is there one that you write? Go, well, I, you know, I mean, your name, your cowboy name is Lobo, so you must like real Lobo. And he looked at me a little puzzled, and he said, well, I've never seen that one. I said, but your name <laughs> is Lobo. There's a John Wayne movie called Rio Lobo. He named
2: oh, himself yo, after yo. The, he named himself after the uh, song, the uh, seventy-one or seventy-two song. I think it was Jonathan Edward Edwards that called Lobo or something like that. Oh, Maybe yeah. he named himself so after Lobo. Uh, well,
0: which which ones do you like? He goes, I sure do. I sure do like that that one. We uh that one when the cowboys are roping them dinosaurs. <laughs> I love that one. I, I, you know, I watch it every time. I think I even have that one on VHS. So, you know, there's always going to be somebody yeah, that's that it. wants a film. And, you know, in defense of, well, I'm not going to say every producer, but yeah. most producers, you yeah. know, they try to make a film that people are going to enjoy and Certainly. makes money. Yeah. Not in business to lose money, but some are just outright down and dirty dogs. Well, there's okay. just no way... And no two ways.
1: to Now, in defense of the Beast of Hollow Mountain, directed by Edward Nussor, and uh, Ismael Rodriguez. This was Mexican U.S., so it was. Uh, they had to have uh, half the crew had to be Mexican, but it was a guy Madison, uh, Patricia Medina, and I'll tell you what. I saw it when it first came out. I loved it. It was an unusual combination of Western and monster on the loose. And basically the premise is, you know, King Kong with the the dinosaur in uh, the Valley down in Mexico. Well, I've got one. it had a clever ending.
2: I got one for you, and uh, I know I've talked about this one before. Uh, It was filmed in 1958, uh, released in 1959, and uh, it's called Revenge of the Virgins. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Well, God, yeah, I don't have that on my list. I have to make another card. <laughs> yeah, you got to make another card there, Bunker. Uh, the yeah, bank- you
1: know, Harry, this
0: is this this is what this obviously was the downfall of most of my high school years, <laughs> right there. That you, that you calculate the whole thing. I see, and we know what happened.
2: Uh, indeed, uh, you got divorced. Um, uh, <laughs> anyway, when white settlers start to move in on their sacred grounds, a tribe of female Indians vowed to do anything they can. To stop them. Now, this movie was directed by someone named Peter Perry Jr., and that's here a pseudonym for uh, Peterson, Perry, Perry Peterson, blah, blah. Uh, the director, uh, the writer of the screenplay was um, uh, Ed Wood. Oh, so has to be good. You know, so, yeah, it has to be good, right? That because answers a lot. Here, here's the curious thing. Every... Uh, the entire cast, when you look at the IMDb page uh, of this movie, the entire cast does not have, except for two, there are no pictures of who these people are. They never existed. They, they never existed, probably. Kenny Duncan is one of the uh, stars. Well, not stars. He, he narrated, and he's uncredited, but he has a he's photo. for that. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, and then our own uh, Montalito... Uh, starred in this Henry Darrow Darrow as Wade Connor a gunslinger now to be all fair about this Sherrod told us a long time ago that uh, when she talked with Henry Darrow about this movie that he was quite embarrassed about it and he did not know that the porn site site or the porn not it was very soft porn was going to come into it Uh, so that apparently all happened after
1: that happened a lot. Yeah. yeah,
2: but the the basis of the movie I'll is these these people are searching for their their uh, rich gold or uh, for gold, blah blah, and uh, the uh, treasure's guarded by a uh, all female tribe of deadly beautiful and topless Indians. And, Wait a minute. And, yeah, I know. That's I what, need to get
0: the film on, on
2: on DVD. Right, right. It's it, all by He's myself. He's looking it up right now. <laughs> one re- one reviewer wrote uh, Nudie Cutie written by Ed Wood and he says, let's not beat around the busy. This isn't a Howard Hawks or a John Ford film. If you're a normal person with pedestrian taste, then go find an episode of Bonanza to watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. it, this, this thing was terrible, but my wife and I watched it, so you don't have to, folks. Yeah. <laughs>
1: What sacrifice you do! It is. You bleed
2: it, for us. I, Just another I do.
0: example of Mister and Missus Harry taking one for the team.
2: That's yes, it, man. Yes, we, yes. we took them all over. Let me find out who Peter. Perry Are you going to write that for Beasley? Oh, geez, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 not even. Not ever. Never. never. So you got another one yes, there, I Bunker, got, and then will do a break. I've got
1: a turkey here that I think is so bad that even the president wouldn't pardon it,
2: <laughs>
1: and that's. 1994, Wyatt Earp with Kevin Costner. Oh God! And God, what a dog a disaster! Woof, woof! You know, you know the only th- the only redeeming quality about this movie is, is Costner. No, was was, no, it was, was <laughs> that Costner originally was supposed to do Tombstone, and he kept wanting to change the script, change the script, mm-hmm. and they said no, this is what we're going to shoot. So he went off and did this this pile of turkey poop. <laughs> And I'll tell you, it's you know, the, just just to give you the, uh, uh, to me, I knew that I was I I, had, I didn't have expectations, but I'm sitting there watching it, and it's the opening scene, and this guy walks into the saloon. Now you don't know it, but this is the morning of the shootout, yeah. and the camera is below his neck, so you just see the the, the dark the torso. Scene. Yeah, and he walks up to the bar, and the guy get the bartender gives him a. a, a cup of steaming coffee. Well, we've all seen steaming coffee. There's vapors coming yeah. off. This cup of coffee had smoke coming <laughs> out
2: of it. Like dry ice? He walks ice. over to the table, sets <laughs> it down,
1: and his brothers walk in, and he starts to stand up, and as he does, the put camera pulls back. You see the cup of coffee on there, and it, it, it looked like a California forest fire <laughs> with the smoke coming off of it. It was just... And, there, was, you know, there were pieces in there that were good, but they had nothing to do with uh, Bill Pullman had as Matt uh, as yeah. Masterson's brother. Yeah. They did the shootout where he got killed in, and it was well done, and it was done right. But it was just, oh, it was,
2: uh, That's it, it. We watch them so you don't have to, folks. We need to take another break here on Amal Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts with you. It's a Movie Saturday program. We're talking Western turkeys. We'll be back. you want rustled, but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job. Little lady up the road piece won't strike a deal with you about water rights. You out there! Come one step nearer and old Bess here will spit right in your eye. So you need to strike your own deal, but you need the right henchman to do the job. The stage is hauling a Wells Fargo box loaded with gold. You've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold, but like henchmen to pull off the job. What to do?
0: You better start packing a handgun.
2: Call Rent-A-Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scruffy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Rent-A-Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Rent-A-Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie
1: King, and some of the best head henches there ever was, and I'm going to guarantee you, that you cannot hench without the proper hinges around you. And that's just a gentle hench.
2: When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our a henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only
1: that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your
2: shoulder, get a Renahance to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Renahance, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work.
0: Boss, I wouldn't be so awful careless about this shooting and cattle wrestling. Was I you? You don't like it, eh? Well, I was only thinking. I'll do all the thinking. You and the rest do as you're told, and we'll get somewhere. Where? You got a six gun where your brains ought to be. This is the Voices of the West.
2: And that's what we're talking about with henchmen, man. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Welcome back to Emil Franzi's Voices of the, keeps the West. That's
1: what saying to me all the time. I'll
2: do the thinking. <laughs> I'll do the thinking. Uh, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts with you. We're talking western turkeys here on uh, the show. It's uh, our movie Saturday program streaming live to you from the beautiful White Stallion Ranch just north of Tucson. And, of course, that is in the AT Arizona territory. 18, yes. All right. This used to be turkey territory. Turkey. The gobbling kind. The, the wild turkeys. There are lots uh, of wild turkeys yeah. around. We ain't talking the bottles.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Todd Roberts, months.
2: you got another turkey for us.
0: Well, I have the uh, I have the apex of all turkeys, and unfortunately, it's you know it's been labeled, that, and in many ways it doesn't deserve it. In many ways, it certainly does, which is Heaven's Gate. Um, oh, you right, look right, at right. this film on paper, oh. and you say Michael Camino's is going to direct it, and Christopher Walken, and. Uh, uh Sam Watterson and 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 uh, and uh Chris Christopherson and Isabel Upert and all these great actors, Jeff Bridges, um and you've got uh Vila Sigmund um as a cinematographer and a great score and beautiful country and all these elements that on paper look just like the dream team. And then it gets onto the film, and you know, due to uh, Cimino, um allowing things to drag on forever, and I mean that that film I think has more pa- uh, more pauses than Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. terrible um, you know it. Um, and I and I and, and you know, you know, Stanislavski said, you know, pauses are worth more than more than dialogue which is true, as long as you keep them poignant and to, to a minimum. Right, Bill. Um, this one doesn't. And, you know, John Hurt is also excellent in the film. But there's a lot that goes on in this film we just don't understand because they don't explain it to us. It's kind of like, well, don't you know? Can't you see what's happening? Well, no, I, I don't. And why does it go on and on and on? So it's... You know, I guess my my point here is, is that often films are put together, they're packaged, and they should be great, but they don't translate, and that's one of them.
1: You know, there's a thing to add to that, too, which is which is kind of strange in a way. Because Camino had just come off of the deer hunter, and all of the critics all over America and part of the world were proclaiming him the next Orson Welles. He was the boy genius. He could do no wrong. Well, he started shooting Heaven's Gate, and it was a closed set. And all of the writers and all of the people, they had no access, and they slowly started turning on him and was... Chipping away at the movie before it ever even was even halfway done, hmm. it was already declared a wreck. And the sad thing about it—that's all because
2: of personalities, right? Well, yeah, because
1: you well, know, and he, he well, the success he, of he *Deer he Hunter* had does. gone to his head.
0: But. Well, and, and and he also did that same thing, Bunker, in the editing room. Yeah, he shut out. He shut the studio out of the executives of the editing room on their own lot it was being edited at the studio hmm. he shut them out and eventually it got to a point where they literally shut him out yeah. they they wrote they filed the court order with him he was not allowed on the studio lot he was not allowed within 100 feet of any entrance of the lot hmm. he was completely cut out they took a court order they took him to court and took the film from him. Literally. He had at that point he had nothing else to do with the film and they edited, which honestly, although I understand their point, which is we're paying for it and you're gonna fire us. No, we're gonna fire you. Mm-hmm. Well now you have a group of people in the kitchen who are not the ones who thought the meal up, put in the spices and and, and prepared the meal. Yeah, and they're, they're gonna like take many. over halfway And Right, and now do it by committee, where you went from one guy, now you go to committee, and none of those people were there at the origin of it all. Mm -hmm. So the complete translation of the film was lost. The vision of the director is completely
1: lost. You know, there's a good parallel, you know, if you look at uh, Sam Peckinpah's career. He was plagued with the producers coming in after he had done and uh, tinkering with his films. Fortunately he for the most part he was able to to give us good product, but some of the bad stuff in his stuff, oh I uh, Major Dundee, anything wrong with Dundee, you can go back to the studios cut. Hmm. Completely.
0: And they did the same thing to him on the Wild Bunch. They took out eleven yes. minutes, which those eleven minutes are so crucial. Because when you're watching the Wild Bunch uh, you're saying to yourself, why does, uh, 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 Deke Thornton so desperately want to hunt his friend down, his partner, mm-hmm. which is Pike Bishop. Yes. And you don't understand it. You, you can't, how, how can you go, I understand he goes to prison. Well, so what he went to prison. Why, why did he want to kill his best friend? Well, when you say the 11 minutes, you find out why. Exactly. My God. Is, you know, it's, it's integral pieces of the puzzle. And you know this happens often. It, it, and by the way, when Kevin Costner was making uh, um, Dance with the Wolves, it started to be floated around in Hollywood and in the trade papers. They started nicknaming uh, Dance with Wolves as Kevin's Gate mm-hmm. because they were saying he's going down the same path as Michael Chermino. And by the way, let's not forget that Chermino did some good films good. after Heaven's Gate. You know, um, and he did that, some good uh, writing. He did some great writing, absolutely. But that that film um, with uh, Mickey Rourke and John Lone about uh, Chinatown mm-hmm. in San Francisco, modern day uh, crime drama, very well done film. So it's not like he, he didn't have good films in him. He did, but you know you also can't, you, you can't flip the bird to the guy who's writing the check,
1: right? You know one the one only one guy
0: who ever got away with it was Orson Welles, yeah, because. Well, yeah. He told the story of a guy, uh, one of the producers showing up on the set and he, he got word that he was coming. So he said to everybody, shut down, take a nap, eat lunch, play cards, smoke a cigarette, do whatever you want. And the guy hung out there and he hung out for a couple hours. And finally the producer looked at him and said, Orson, when are you going to start, sh- uh, 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 when are you going to start shooting again? He said, the moment you walk off the set and don't come back. <laughs>
1: Ford did that too, you know one little piece too about Heaven 's Gate, which is when they had the initial screenings and everything, and the studio went berserk uh, the and you didn 't see it in America, you did over in Europe the uh, opening and ending of the film the open starts back when they 're at Harvard, and it sets the, it sets the tone for what 's to come, and then the end is when it 's all over and uh christopherson is on his yacht in a p- storm in the atlantic and it's a culmination of everything and it it ties it together but in a it's it's a very Cerebral film, and that for a lot of people, you know, when you go to the movies, they don't want to be cerebral; they want to be entertained. Sure,
2: that's the purpose behind it. Yeah. All right, uh, another B, uh, bunker, another B, or, well, I've or got another, one uh, turkey. one here.
1: This is, and it, it, this is a favorite. This is a lot of people's favorites. I, I enjoy it, but it's considered a turkey for for Texas. Robert Aldrich, he also uh, co-wrote the script. Uh, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Anita Ekberg, Ursula Andrews Charlie Bronson, Victor Bruno Richard Jekyll, Mike Mazurki, Jack Elam, starring the Three Stooges. Uh, I mean, you know, it just—it had all the elements. It looked pretty. Uh, in fact, it's, and it's—it's a, it's a silly odour. It's about two rival gamblers competing to take over the gambling operations in Galveston, and opposed by the crooked banker. Who wants the action for himself? And one of the interesting things is, nude scenes were shot for this movie, but they were edited out. Hmm. That might have turned it from, away from being a turkey.
2: Hmm. <laughs> who knows? All right, I got another I one here. Got uh, I got another. I got one for you. It's a B movie uh, because I like bees, and that's what I watch mostly. Uh, this one is uh, from 1934. It's called The Border Menace and it stars uh, Bill Cody and uh, uh, Bill Cody uh, it's it's not the same as Buffalo Bill it, it, he just it,
1: took to it, me it, well
2: his name was William Cody uh, at birth but uh, he you know capitalized on that the uh, synopsis of the story Ranger Bill Williams goes to prison to get info on Chuck Adams then a fake posse chases him uh, or cha- uh, uh, fi- fake posse chases uh, gets him into the Adams gang but then as he's uh, just about to learn who the boss of the Adams gang is and about to make his move, the cellmate escaped from prison, it returns to identify. And uh, so Bill Cody, George Chesabro is, uh, is the head bad guy on this. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an okay cast, good cast. Jimmy Aubrey is our uh, polecat Pete. Jimmy Aubrey, oh, he yeah, made his uh, name in silence and uh, an English actor. Uh, ben Corbett's in it. Jack Evans has a henchman. Barney Beasley is a henchman. I mean, these are all guys that we see. These are
1: classic B characters?
2: Classic B henchmen. Tex Palmer, uh, Herman Hack. No, I mean, you Herman know, Hark, people yeah. like that. One uh, One reviewer wrote, <laughs> he says, After watching, I don't know where to begin on this film. These are supposed to be professional actors, but the way the people said their lines, it appeared to be more than an average middle school production of a play. Plus, it did not stop there. Editing of the movie was all but poor. Close-up shots added with no adjustment for movement or placement of surrounding props. Even the sound, which in 1934 was getting more advanced, was poor due to the fact at times it was hard to hear the actors, and then it was if as if they were shouting. Dialogue embarrassing, and never so much as at the end of the climax when someone tells the hero, thanks for saving my fortune, only to hear in short reply the only words, okay, and then silence.
1: That so, would have been better in Grail.
2: Yeah, maybe, maybe, I I, I don't know. Uh, again, this is, I've watched this one, uh, and it was, yeah, it was, okay. I mean, you know, I would not... It, it would not be one of my bees to see. I'll tell you that right now. And hey, we're going to do our final commercial break here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West Movie Saturday. We're talking Western turkeys here at the at the White Stallion Ranch. We'll be back. are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tank Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Lemon.
1: Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net.
2: Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called at Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website horse Make a difference in a horse's life. That's HorseITAroundRescue.org.
1: As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform. Let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help
2: all right listeners you like westerns right i mean you do listen to this program so you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which westerns you think are the best i'm always ready to back up whatever i say here's how email us your picks for your top five westerns tell us why you think those five were the best cowboy movies you got any more you want to say on the subject each month we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the voices of the west program pretty simple right we want to hear from you. We have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to best westerns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com.
0: I guess that's all we need to hear. So, this is Sergeant Whitlock, United States Cavalry, and I'm here on Voices of the West. <laughs>
2: back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander Bunker to France. Todd Roberts with you. Todd's in Los Angeles. Actually, Orange County. We won't say Los Angeles. That's riding music. This is a traditional Mexican uh, folk song called El Cascabel. El Cascabel. El Cascabel. Uh, We're doing uh, Western Turkeys here on our Movie Saturday program, streaming to you live from the White Stallion Ranch. And uh, speaking of the Westerns, uh, your best Westerns contest, it's not really a contest. I'd don't know what else to call it, but sharing sharing a lot yeah, of Westerns. Yeah, basically, uh, we're asking it, listeners to tell us what they like, and then come on the show and talk about it. And we're going to do that next week. We, we got a we got, our first got us one a sucker, coming up. I mean, a winner. <laughs> we us a sucker for next week. <laughs> Todd, you have something there?
0: Well, I, you know, in our pursuit to the race to the bottom here, <laughs> uh, let me win. Um, uh, you know, a film that had so much potential because the book was so good. Um, and on paper, you look at the, the, the film and you say, this is going to be good. Sean Connery and uh, oh, um, no, I forget no, the actress, Shalico. No, uh, no. uh,
1: I knew it. You know, no, no, no. <laughs> no. It's, just,
0: it's, it's just painful.
1: It is painful. Uh, and the worst thing ever in a Western movie.
0: Yeah, one of the worst hats. Um, One of them, definitely. Uh, This this film has so much potential. The great German actor um, is in it too. Um, You know, it's the story of a uh, basically a German uh, European uh, nobleman and their wives out on a hunting safari in 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 North America, Um, and they have no idea where they are, and they end up in the middle of Apache Bill. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're hunting antelope or whatever they're hunting and other animals and the Apache are hunting them and Shalako stumbles in there and finds them and says, you don't, you people don't know where you are. I got to get you out of here. So they leave their animals, the pack mules, the horses, the food, everything behind and you walk up the side of a mountain to hike out. Never understood that logic. Um, you know, if it's all guys in combat boots or hiking boots, that's one thing. But you got ladies in dresses and high heels and so on. It's it's just wacky, and and and, and there's more than one, shall I say, turn in the film where you're watching and you're going along and you're going, oh well, you think in the natural way, everybody, every every normal like-minded person is going to go left. And the picture goes right. (laughs) And you're like, oh, wait, guys, guys, wait. What happened? What? No, 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 no. Turn around. And no, no. (laughs) Behind the bush. Behind the bush. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, let's get in the running car and drive away and get away from the slasher. No, no, let's go hide in his tool shed that has no light. (laughs) Um, And you just you keep going. You know, at some point you think to yourself, did you guys bother to read the novel first? Yeah. You know, written by Louis L'Amour, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm i not trying to poo-poo your film, but, you know, he is, other than the Bible, there are more copies. The Bible is the most pu- published literary work in the world, the history of the world. Louis L'Amour novels are number two. So, That's you know, good. maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe Maybe he's... He's the most well-read author in the world for a reason. So maybe you want to stick with his idea more than your own cockamamie, wherever you want to take it. Um, and this picture is the result of that. And another one that I really feel is unfair, <laughs> unfair on every level, is McKenna's goal. Uh, I always had film people building the line. This film, and wow, uh, you know, you got Lurch playing an Apache, and Catwoman playing an Apache, and Omar Sharif playing yeah, a Mexican. Slams, yeah, yeah I, I could watch Julie Newmar swim in that pool for two hours <laughs> and never yeah. blink it up. <laughs> You filled up my bo- my my bucket of popcorn. Thank you
1: very much. Well, let me ask you this then, because you, you, how come Bridget Bardot and Shalako didn't do the same thing for you? It's French because I don't have I, I don't have. That's just that's a retort. The screenplay
0: is not there. Yeah. The the screenplay, the dialogue is not there. Here here's another one: the great Louis Lamar film, Heller in Pink Tights with uh, uh um um Anthony Quinn. Sophia uh should have been fabulous. It's a great the novel is fabulous. Uh, Heller with a gun. They turned it into Heller with pink tights. You know you're in trouble right there.
2: <laughs> so, well, it just you know, it just goes to show just goes to show that uh you know, there's some good Westerns out there, some damn good Westerns, and then there's some damn bad ones, Yeah. you know, and... Uh, you
0: know, just, uh, let me also retract a little bit on what Bunker said. You know, Bridget Bardot could, you know, she could translate the phone book for me. I'd be perfectly <laughs> fine. I'd sit there.
2: Hey, the Stewart a movie, you know, with the a a date with her. Wow. <laughs> All right, that's it yep. for this edition of uh, Emil Franzi's hey, Voices I, of the West. I'm still it, got an inch and a quarter. I know of cards you do, here. but you know, save them. We'll be doing this again, I'm sure, uh, uh, yeah. without a doubt, because as they as they make bad ones, we're going to talk about them. As they, good, <laughs> as they make good ones, we're going to talk about them. Next Saturday here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, we're going to uh, talk with our our first respondent to the uh, Best Westerns uh, the thing that we're doing. And uh, that is uh, Gary Armstrong from back east. Uh, he'll be European joining us. Counts. And, uh, yeah, he'll talk, uh, tell us all kinds of stories about westerns that he likes, plus the people associated with them because he's known them.
1: Yes. 78,
2: 79, 80. <laughs> <laughs> Which is turkey for eat beef. Eat you know, beef. Yep, eat beef, eat the other white meat, as it were. <clears throat> Uh, All right, that's it for this edition. As I lose my voice, follow that voice someplace, please. Uh, We'll talk at you again next week, folks. So long. Thanks for listening
0: to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West.